Hey Casey, turn on the radio. I think Neon Valley's on. I actually, you know what? I'll be honest. This was almost the pie episode. You got lucky. The uh, pie episode. The pie episode. Yep. I uh, <laughs> uh, a couple days ago, I made a pie, and <laughs> I was, you were going to talk about that for like twenty minutes. No, I was just going to eat a slice of pie while we were talking the entire podcast. <laughs> so it was going to be like, oh yeah, no, dude, listen. <laughs> But, you know, I had my dinner a little too close to the podcast. I'm not really in the mood for pie right now. So you got lucky. It's not the pie episode yeah. yet. Well, after this episode, I got a cheesecake that's calling my name. Oh, fuck, man. Look at us. And, you know, technically a cheesecake is a pie. So we're the pie brothers, dude. Are we going to get into it... the... You got quiet. Do you not agree? I was... I... No, no, no. I was trying to assess what my definition of a pie is. Ooh. Okay. Like, like, what is the definition? And I, I guess at that point, hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. What's going on, everybody? How are we doing today? This is uh, Suku here with you with uh, your boy, Scourge. That's me. I'm Scourge. And to start off the podcast, we're looking up what the definition of <laughs> I is. Oh, you're Googling it? You're actually looking it up. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going deep into wait. this. What do you think? Okay, I type, I typed in what is the definition <laughs> of pie, and the first thing that people ask, in, in, not not in the search thing, but underneath it says people ask. The first thing that comes up is what does the Bible say about pie? <laughs> well, you know, statistically, it is the most read book <laughs> in history, so there's going to be the most questions about that. So I bet there's questions, there's, there's biblical questions about anything, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure we could find a, a tangent uh, on a pie church-related basis, but a as of now we have the, the <laughs> <laughs> that one got you. Oh wow! I'm damn that that blindsided me. Wow, that was good. Hook that was good. Bam! The Merriam-Webster definition of pie: noun, a dessert consisting of a filling, as of fruit or custard in a pastry shell, or topped with pastry or both see i wasn't sure my question of okay. is a pie do you have to have a, a covering over it is that what makes it a pie but i don't uh, i but, don't think so but no because pump no honestly no. pumpkin pie just shot that down immediately yeah yeah and, cheesecake is pie and lemon meringue like it doesn't necessarily yeah pie. i mean it has a covering but the covering is meringue so it's not like a lattice it's not like a breading it's not lattice now here's the only thing i will say in the argument against cheesecake being pie <laughs> even though i'm the one who brought this to the table i was gonna say that it initiated the whole conversation <laughs> is that you don't bake it uh at least at least some of them you don't wait no you do some, you do bake it there's no baked cheesecake but other times you bake cheesecakes so you're still yeah. baking them yeah you're 100 and nothing correct. in the definition said anything about how you cook it Ooh. It just said a dessert consisting consisting. Okay, but then all right, how let's let's see how far we take this. A dessert consisting of a filling. Okay. As a fruit or custard, it specifically says as of fruit or custard mm. in a pastry shell or topped with pastry or both. Okay, so is a donut 
Is a filled donut a pie? A dessert consisting of a filling? You could so a custard filled donut, it has is it considered a shell? Like I would say so. I mean I kinda sure. Yeah, right. I mean it's Yeah I, scientifically. <laughs> and you could top it yeah, so okay, so custard donut. Oh donuts, my god. Pie. I'm just realizing that this has inadvertently become the pie episode. We, I, you son of a! Oh, I can't we did it! Did I made that. this the pie episode without even meaning you, to. We're, we're like four minutes into this, and all we've talked about is pie. Oh uh, my gosh! This is amazing. I you love this. Oh. Subliminal advertised <laughs> to my brain. What is what's the what's the term for obvious subliminal? Because I did directly say it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's not it's not as subliminal when it's it's more announced. Yeah, overt, stated. <laughs> um, oh Jesus! Welcome everyone. I don't know if we need to welcome hope, everyone again. I don't. I don't. <laughs> but you know what? I hope you're having as great of a time as we clearly are. Yeah, you know, I hope this spikes people's argument because then you have to say, is pizza a pie? Because everyone always says it's a pizza pie, and I th- I would say so. Hmm. Okay. Based. I mean. It's weird Tomatoes because under that first, there's there's four definitions of pie. That first one only consists of a dessert. The mm. second one is a meat dish baked with a biscuit or pastry crust, a chicken pot pie. Um, below Ooh. that is ju- just the word pizza. Um, <laughs> See, yeah, because you know what? We're thinking a little too American about this too, right? Because it's like you have shepherd's pie and like people across the pond. Uh, I'm sure they would mm. argue that pie is like a savory thing, like for them. You know, it's so funny because there's, there's, I guarantee you, cultures we we don't even know about, uh, <laughs> given the small scope of of which we have, okay. and uh, and and then there's just like thousands of pie variations that we're we're completely wow. True. Maybe we can learn pie, something. Yeah. We could pie. Pie really taught us something today. Pie brings the world together. If I could list the amount of things I've learned from Pi today, it would be about 3.141. You stole the fucking joke from me. <laughs> God damn, I was waiting. I didn't know how to slide it in there. But the second oh. you said, if I could number the ways, I was like, oh, 3.14. So I locked that into my little, my little <laughs> bank. Yep. And then you just followed through with the joke itself. And I was like, ah, fuck. Dude, do you, don't you hate it when that happens? When like... You're listening to, like, let's say a YouTube video or podcast, or you're watching a movie, and it kind of sets something up, and then your brain finishes it and goes, oh man, that would be a really cool thing, and then it does it, and you're almost kind of upset that it did it, because you're like, well, now it doesn't feel like an original thought. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, but like, <laughs> but does it mean that you're thinking at that same level? There you go. See, we're, we're as, just as like them. As a major business. We're just like them. They're just like us. You know, Robert De Niro puts on his pants one leg at a time, baby. Yes, we are are them, and they are us. <laughs> this started to don't. sound like a like a cult <laughs> chant. Yes, we are them. <laughs> they are us. <laughs> Jesus. All right, all right. So, so okay. We uh, what should we? You want to talk about uh, you want to talk about Twitch a little bit first, or do you want to? answer some questions we got in the discord i like starting out with the questions knocking out you know uh the questions good idea good idea um so 
These questions come from gerbils in our Discord, the Neon Valley Discord. Make sure to join. The link will be in the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can leave questions for us to answer in the future, as well as topics for us to talk about, some stupid memes you want to share, whatever you want. Uh, So, Mitchell, why don't you lay on us, with all of your body weight, a question Mm. from gerbils? It's a lot. Uh, first, why hasn't Scourge watched Edge Runners? And if Suku hasn't either, then shame. Well, I can tell you why I haven't. I don't know what that is. <laughs> he's not gonna like hearing that because I think he's talked directly <laughs> to you about it during a live stream. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty Here's sure. The thing. During, during live streams, my brain is processing what's happening in the moment, oh. and like it is not taking notes. Of, of anything for after the fact dude you you could not have said it better like i like could... it's not a personal thing it's like no. in order to to compute playing a game because usually that that's what what's going on um and trying to be funny and and trying to engage there's just this level of i can handle all of that in this moment because and it might just be retaining it in that part of your brain that holds things temporarily Mm. and your brain be like i'm not i'm not storing this in 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 the backup yeah just using this copy paste delete goodbye yeah no literally i mean i'm so sorry i'll use like a computer jesus what did my voice do there i'll use like a computer computer a computer example uh but (laughs) to nerd out even more uh so I think it's basically almost like during your daily life, right? When you're doing your daily tasks, you're using your RAM, right? You're using your onboard, your RAM memory. You know, it's a smaller amount. And then whenever you need to remember right, something, yeah. you store that in your hard drive. Okay? You got that backed up. So that's stuff you remember. Mm. When you're streaming, mm. you are using all 16 gigabytes of your fucking RAM. Like, you you have to be focused on the game. You, it's like you were saying. You have to be entertaining. You have to engage with the chat. You have to... If someone texts you, now you have to do... Like, there, like there's... You constantly are always engaged 100% of the time. So there is no chance for you to absorb anything to the hard drive. There is no remembering anything. It's just like, this is the moment. <laughs> And I have to do this now. <laughs> like, it, so I'm sorry. I'm trash. Yeah, we're just I'm awful trash. humans. We're bad people. I'm a, okay, I'm a trash. No, yeah, that's no, that's the realest thing in the world. That there's been so many times that I've done a stream, and you know, we can even talk about more about this when we get into the the Twitch topic. But there's been so many times mm-hmm. that I've streamed, and someone will say like, "Oh yeah, remember like last week when you said this and this," and I will have no fucking clue what they're talking about. In fact, I will read the chat. And like, I ha- let's say I haven't read the chat for like a minute or two. And then I look down and it says like, yeah, that's so true. Dude, I could not tell you what they're, they're talking about. Like it could literally be 30 seconds after I said something. And if they're like, oh man, you called it. I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's so strange. Yep. It's so strange. Um, it's gotten better though. I think it's also like an anxiety thing. As you stream more, you become more kind of chilled relax become second nature you start to build more of those memories and stuff but uh anyway we, we are dodging his question well you answered it you have you haven't you don't know what yeah it is. yeah you're dodging <laughs> well to be fair you you didn't remember what he said okay uh 
I haven't watched it yet, <laughs> Gerbils, because as you suggested, and I would like to do, I want to do a watch along on Twitch, where basically you put up the timestamp of the show you're watching, and then like the episode name and stuff like that, and then people just kind of watch it with you while you're on Twitch, you know? That's super cool. Yeah, actually, and I'm going to act like I have this idea before, but, you know, I was thinking uh, we we could do that with this podcast one time, like whatever movie we're doing, we should try to set yeah. up like a Twitch night and have everyone who's interested, you know, they can watch it with us. And then, uh, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. No, I would definitely be down to, we'd have, we got to pick something good though. Oh yeah. No, that'll be for, that'll be a good one for sure. Uh, maybe we'll make it like a special episode, like the 25th episode or something, you know, like a special event episode or something. Ooh, yeah. 25 years of Neon Valley. <laughs> 100 years. Scourge and Suku. 100 years. Dot com. 100 years. Okay. Uh, all right. I have another question. This one is from Gerbils in the Discord. Uh, what upcoming game shows, movies are you hyped for? Um, I think we've kind of answered this one before. I... Oh, okay. I, I got an answer. Um, in terms of shows, I'm excited for Boruto to return when it comes back in August. Of course. So I'm going to say pause and spoilers. I'm not going to like do any big spoilers. Okay. Um, but Boruto spoilers. So I'll give you guys a second. All right. You, there's a pause button. So if you haven't figured it out by now, that's on you. Uh, there's a time skip. And this is going to pretty much be, my guess is roughly two to four years um, in between what just ended in the current manga. Um, and it's going to pick back up probably right before the end of the manga started. But it, then it's jumping right into a, a few years time jump. So very excited to see what they do with that. Uh, yeah, I totally followed along with everything you just mm -hmm. said. There's a lot of time oh, jumps, worry. a lot of mangas. No, I'm just kidding. No, that sounds pretty sick. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, that's what I'm so daunted to kind of, cause every time you talk about it, I'm always thinking like, man, you know, I should really watch those shows. And then I remember 7,000 episodes and I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah, no, it's know, only maybe. like 960 and a couple movies. And that's Naruto <laughs> Shippuden and the original Naruto series. Now we're not including Boruto in that. No, of course not. Who would? <laughs> Um, <laughs> All right, well, okay, we talked about it last episode, but the fucking Five Nights at Freddy's movie's coming out. So, so stoked. Yeah, that's right. It's fucking dude, Almost, midnight. Uh, <laughs> I'm dressing up as Markiplier for that. Dude, I'll be Golden Freddy. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to like cosplay as Markiplier for a FNAF opening <laughs> is... What what would you even wear? Like what you just wear like a black wig parted down the middle or something like in a fake maybe, beard? Maybe maybe yeah maybe the mustache and just go hi I'm Markiplier. Oh yeah, you could just be Wharf Stash. That's fair. Oh yeah, that's probably the best, uh, most iconic one. Yeah, people would get that. Um, uh, okay, we got uh, Oppenheimer that's coming out same weekend as Barbie. I'm pretty psyched for those. They look pretty good. I was not. Yep, that's the uh, Einstein one, correct? Y yes, he is. It is. He is in it. Um, I believe. Um, I don't think it's like about Einstein. Mm, okay, um, it's, I. It's mostly about. Um, I believe Oppenheimer. <laughs> ah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I uh, I had no idea. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's like it's like a. I think it's set. It, um, it's like pre Hiroshima and stuff like that, where they were designing the atomic bomb, and so like Einstein uh... is involved for sure. But Oppenheimer was the main head of it, and uh, yeah, no, it looks really good. It looks really intense. Um, it's fucking. It's like over three hours. Originally, I wanted to do a double feature oh, because they, they come out on the same day, Barbie and Oppenheimer. So I thought it would be really funny to just go and see them oh back to back. Oh my god. Um, but I think Barbie's like two hours and something. So that's like, oh no, it's an hour forty. Okay, but still, that's almost five hours over with with advertisements of being in a movie theater. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Why is the first thing I thought? I'm like, that's a lot of popcorn. Hell yeah. That's a lot of Diet Coke and Skittles. Am I right? Um, but Barbie looks good too. I was I not hyped Coke. about Barbie at all. And then after the trailer came out, I was like, okay, I kind of like the vibe this is going for. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, really? It's So it, I'm, I'm going to have to review. Yeah, no, it looks good. Uh, it seems self-aware. You know what I mean? Like it, and I, God, I okay. And I don't know if this like is have to be. true. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, and I don't know if this is true, but I saw a headline that said there was a shortage of pink paint around the world because of how much they need yes, to use. I saw that as well. For this movie. Again, not sure. Cannot confirm truthfulness. Yeah. Can confirm. I don't know. That sounds like an over-exaggeration. Like, that, like maybe the supplier that they specifically go through ran out of pink paint, you know? Um, yeah. I doubt if you walked into a Home Depot a couple weeks ago that they had zero pink paint. You know, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. There's not there's not too many movies. Com- like, there's that new Joker. I think the second Joker's coming out with... Le- oh, there's actually pictures from it? Hold on a second. Really? Already? Yeah. Joker. It's called Joker Folie à deux. It's, it's like a French title. It's, it's going to be a musical. <laughs> I heard that. I'm I'm also curious. Okay. They said Lady Gaga is going to be Harley Quinn, right? What is this? <laughs> Sorry, Mitchell. I I I could I might I don't know. I might cut this out of the podcast, but look, hold on. Go on Discord real quick and please click on this. It's <laughs> moving. Oh god. Oh god. Oh no. What are you what have you done? Do you want me to watch the trailer? I think we have to, yeah. We have to. Okay. Alright, here we go. Are you just speechless? You haven't said a word. What? I'm trying to... Okay. I don't know why it took me this long to realize that... But this is a, a, an actual film. No. Well, no. I don't think we can call it that. What I'm saying is... I keep getting the vibes of college humor, like two minute long video skit. Like I can see the green screen. I could probably do a better green screen myself. And then I look to see this is an hour and 21 minutes. There's a credited director and writers and stars. And I, like, yeah, like, uh, I, like the video. Well, we to be just... fair, the director, writer and star are all the same person. Yeah. That, that might give it away right there. Because, yeah, it feels like the video we just watched is the only video. Like, that's just what you get. Like, that's the joke. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you said, it's like a funny right, or die like, video. Like, there's literally a fish cool. with a Joker smile painted on it. 
I'm I'm so confused. What did you find this, and why did you do this? It was in the suggestions under the fucking second Joker movie, the real second Joker. What? Movie. Yes. I was... don't know. They need to check their algorithm. <laughs> but this man is a genius. All is all I know. Oh man. Okay. I don't know how much of that I need to cut out, but. I'm sorry. I know it's a little hard to be remember, but were you were you trying to ask me something about Joker before I or something? Uh oh, yeah. I said Harley Quinn's supposed to be in the new Joker movie, right? Yes, it's a uh, Lady Gaga. Okay. Okay. So here's here's the thing, right? Joker, quote unquote, has already run into Batman as a child, and Joker's old, and and Batman was like a kid. Yes. And that's when Batman still had his parents. And Harley Quinn is going to be in this movie. But Harley Quinn is Doctor's joke is Doctor Joker's doctor. Yes. Um or psychiatrist. Um and and I'm just trying to figure out are they just creating their entirely own story? Like, like I, I'm because I know there's a lot of different variations of comics. So sometimes I wonder, like, oh, what comic variation are they going for? And now I'm like, it feels like you guys are just <clears throat> feels like you guys are just making up your own story. Yeah, I, I don't, I do not doubt that they are 100% making up their own story in this situation. Maybe they're loosely basing it off of a a graphic novel I don't really know about. You know what I mean? That someone in the comments will be like, you haven't fucking heard of the the laughing mania? And I'll be like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, you dumb fucking animals. Yeah. The, the, like, the Squeaking Mice Volume 3, you've never read that one? And I'm like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? The Squeaking Mice. It's always got a weird name, man. It's always a weird name. Um, But no, I... I, I but I... I think it tracks from what you're saying... Only because, so at the end of the first Joker movie, he ends up in the asylum. So I'm assuming Harley Quinn will be his psychiatrist in that asylum and that he tricks into like breaking him out or do it. You know what I mean? So I think it'll follow I guess, the same kind of path, but different. Yeah, just because I'm like, Batman's always like older than harley quinn at least like he always appears to be older than harley quinn yeah um joker always seems closer to batman's age so that's why i'm like if lady gaga is playing harley quinn and he uh, uh, yeah I, i'm just interested to see the other thing is maybe this jo joker ends up inspiring the next actual joker you you kind of you literally just word for word said my theory about the original movie even though i think he's come out and said that that's not it but like that's how i always kind of took it was well it feels like it yeah because it, it, like his actions inspire yes because it's almost like it, i could imagine the real joker telling his backstory and being like have you ever seen the late night television show? And, you know, tells the story of watching the Joker do that. Like the like Arthur Fleck, yep. like that character, kill the guy on screen and create this chaos. And that kind of inspired him to become the Joker. Like, but even that's kind of flimsy and kind of lame at the end of the day. Because it's like, well, then the Joker himself doesn't have much of a backstory other than wanting to be like Arthur Fleck. So I, I don't know. I... I did always think that, though, that it was more of an inspiration. Because even... And the funniest part about that is it ties together well, which they never 
even took advantage of this. Um, I thought it tied together well with Jared Leto's Joker, who, by the way, I, I hate. I don't like his interpretation. But I think it would have worked if they made it where his Joker was someone who was inspired by a real Joker. So, cause yeah, like he's a copycat Joker. Yeah, cause he had like tattoos of the Joker smile and the ha ha ha. So it's like, why would the person have meta tattoos of themselves on their body? You know what I mean? That seemed weird. So I thought like it would make sense if they turned it around and said, okay, Jared Leto's Joker was inspired by Arthur Fleck in the Joker movie to become this kind of villain and then base his whole backstory around this guy. You know, like, that kind of works, at least. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, um, man, we kind of went on a Batman tangent there a little bit, a little Joker tangent. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for that, though. Uh, Let's see. Do you want to do you want to try to do one more question and then we'll talk a little bit about our topic? Yep. Uh, let's go with. Ooh, what is your most played game ever? Oh, that's that's a toss up between two. Um, yeah. So, because because when when they say game, I won't say that like Elder Scrolls and Oblivion are the same game. No. But I'll say that, like, all the different characters I played in Oblivion count as, like, all the times I've played. Like, I'm not going to count it as one run because it's that specific game I went back to. It's Wait. it's between Pokemon and... Wait, what? What? Wait, hold on. No, I mean, so, like, if you played, like, a character and you had 20 hours on that character and then you started a new character... Oh, yeah, no, that's the same. That's the, yeah, it's all that, encompassing. That, that's what I'm saying. All encompassing, yeah. yeah. So I yeah, it's it's definitely between Elders oh man, so I'm like Elder Scrolls or Oblivion, and then they have to go up against Pokemon. But <laughs> oh man. That yeah, is tough. Cause Pokemon is one of those games where and like I'm not I, I'm wording this wrong, so excuse me if this sounds like i'll fix it don't yeah yeah, don't but there's a lot of like dead air in pokemon where you don't feel like like you could play two hours of pokemon and not really realize you just played two hours of a video game where a game like dark souls if you play that for two hours you're gonna fucking feel that two hours of game of gaming sensory overload yeah where pokemon's more of a chill like hey we're we're just hanging out you know yeah and and that's where I'm like with Pokemon too. You're talking that video games weren't coming out at the quantity or the rate or the accessibility um, that that Oblivion and Skyrim came out. So I'm like, okay, balancing out being an adult and having adult money, but also only having adult time with playing with my childhood of years of playing the Pokemon games because I'd only play like the same ones until it was the next generation. Yeah yeah that's true because so does that factor in like when we were kids and we only had one video game that we probably dumped way more hours than we probably should have and because i don't even know if i remember any of those games necessarily because i'm talking like man it could be like silver where it was like I was up at night like under my sheets with a, a flashlight until I had like the light one that went on the Game Boy Color or it might have been um, uh, Ruby Ooh. because oh man that 
because I was like a teenager, so I wasn't old enough to really like go out and do stuff, and I still loved video gaming. Oh man, it, Emerald could be up there. <laughs> yeah, that's. I know. I'm you know because I'm I'm looking through some of my Steam list here, trying to see if there's anything because I know for one, Steam is not going to have my most played game because right but it might might like spark like oh i know i played that forever yeah like for example the witcher 3 i have 50 hours just on the pc and i know i played at least 50 to 100 hours on the ps4 and i never even beat the fucking game (laughs) like i i I have this problem of restarting games I, i i think we might have talked about it before or i talked about it on a stream i don't know but yeah i have an issue of like if I play a game and get like a quarter to halfway through and then stop playing it for a couple weeks or a month and then go back to it, my brain just goes like, ah, well, I don't have the full context of what's going on at this very scene that I'm jumping back into. Yeah, let me restart the whole game. And like, it's, yeah, it, it hurt. It hurts. It hurts. I, I need to get past that. Oh, Marvel, uh, Spider-Man, the uh, Marvel Spider-Man on PS4. Mm. Man, I dumped a lot of hours. It's definitely not my most played game. I can't say for it's my most played game by any means. But yeah, I dumped a lot of hours into that. If I had to guess what my most played game was, it's definitely between Skyrim, for sure. Because a good three years of like my high school career was taken up by uh, playing Skyrim. And beyond, maybe like the last year or two, whatever. I don't even remember when it came out. But yeah, that shit, like, I was addicted. That and maybe the original Resident Evil 4 for the PlayStation 2, because it was one of the only games I had when I was that age, you know, between like 9 and 12 or whatever. It was one of the few games I owned. So I played through that shit so many times and i unlocked everything you could possibly unlock and played through all of the side mercenary things and and like yeah it i never stopped playing that game (laughs) okay i think i have my list and i have a crazy dark horse in there now that might throw the whole thing in whack so i think emerald's probably first because like i remember that game to the point of remembering like how to get all the different reggies um like, I, I, I remember how to get to the steps. I just don't maybe remember all the details specifically. Two, I think, would then be Skyrim. Because I think with it being more recent and how long it's been, I think I might have finally beaten the Oblivion hours. But it's, it's very close. And third, because he didn't say video game. I'm like, oh, snap, Monopoly. Are you? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> That's a good choice, and though. New Gio on the phone, but yeah. So, uh, good question. Good question, as always, Gerbils. Yeah, definitely. Oh, what about Jade Empire? Did, oh, would you say you played man. that a lot, or was it just a game you really liked? So i I played it a I played it a lot, but I don't know if I. Yeah, I don't think I played it like Oblivion levels. Like it's probably in my top fifteen. Okay. When we get top 10, it gets a little contentious because then, again, it's Oblivion and Skyrim for sure. Yeah. You're looking at maybe oh. three different Pokemon games. Oh, wait, no. I'm about to throw a wrench in this because it's going to change your answer. And I bet I know what the answer is. Mm. Um, Hi, gal. We're not talking about multiplayer, dude. 
like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for me, that's it. That's I never stopped playing that game when I was like 13. Oh, Halo dude. 3, I'm guessing. Halo 3, yeah. Halo 3 was for me like the one yep. that I was like, oh no, man, because... I mean, I'm talking. There was a good. There was a good period of my life, like me and my cousin, and a, a group of friends, would play Call of Duty until like four or five in the morning, and we would start at like six at night, like like six in the evening. Like we were playing like nine hours of Call of Duty, like four days a week at least. Like it was a fucking job. Dude, like, like I oh yeah no God. that's the my most played game for sure for sure oh it, it's it's close but with the amount of years between like i'd say the pokemon games and the oblivion games versus halo 3 again if it was the halo series that would be crazy like that might be entirely different but if yeah. we're going like Halo Three was probably my most played, and I don't think that eclipsed Oblivion. That's fair. Because Oblivion, I dedicated like I like I might be legally old enough to drink in Oblivion. No, uh, not that much. <laughs> that, no, I know what, what you it feels like. <laughs> Dude, I well, it's weird too that um, and you know what? Since this is the last question, we'll kind of tie this up here. Um, but before we go into the topic, real quick, but it does it is interesting though that. I would say that my most played games aren't necessarily my favorite games because like like Skyrim is up there. It's easily in my top 5, I'd say games. But like thinking about my childhood too and games like you know Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, Mario 64, I didn't play them like a lot. I would just beat them and then be like, "Hell yeah, I beat that game." that was sick and like but would have a it. lasting experience you know but i never i didn't like sit go back and then just play it for hours you know yeah so so is it the replayability that's what makes it i guess right because i mean at least yeah. especially for the multiplayers for sure that's just you know that oh, yeah. replayability baked into the game but um for games like skyrim and oblivion and Stuff like that, yeah. I mean, like th those shine through because shit, you have a story that you can play hundreds of hours of and never feel like and you're fucking up. You, you know? can do it differently. You yeah. can be an assassin. You can do an entire pacifist run and just learn calm spells. Like, yeah. There's, there's, there was nothing. And you know what? I almost feel bad for the younger generation. And I'm glad that we can say this now, Mitchell. We finally gotten old enough. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for those kids. No, I genuinely think it was such a crazy experience. Like, I, I don't know if you'll relate, but when you first played a video game and, like, you know, went through a certain storyline, there was a character you could play, you know, talk to and do all this stuff, and then maybe you killed them or they died or something like that. And then the next time you played it, you had an entirely different interaction with that character that shit was fucking mind blowing. Like, it, like. Oh yeah, and you're like, wait, what? This is what happens? Yeah, like you, or or maybe they died before you even intera interacted with them because some or scripted thing happened that you weren't a part of, and you're like, wait, wait, why aren't they there? And it's like, oh, they died. And it's like, what do you mean they died? I I talked to them the last time I played this game. Like, that shit was so amazing. But that's just like normal now in open world games. You know, it's like, yeah, choose whatever you want to do. You know. <laughs> And maybe, you know, that's another reason why they're taking so long with 
hopefully the the next elder scrolls game is Ugh. they're trying to do that level again uh that trying to do that again that same level of innovation of this is going to be unlike any game you've played so far in terms of immersion because that's what i think they did best was immersing immersion I cannot speak tonight. Immersing <laughs> yourself in the game. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, I agree. Because it's like, I don't even think anybody would argue that Skyrim or Fallout or those kind of games have really good gameplay. You know, like, to be honest, it's kind of clunky, like the combat and the ma and stuff like that. But they created such an incredible world that they innovated and, like, changed open world games forever. You know, so it didn't even matter. It was just like, fuck it. Like, we, like this is such a step forward in innovation. And yeah, I think that's, that makes sense of why this has taken so long. And that's why I've always kind of not cared. Because I don't want just another Skyrim. You know, like I don't... I want them to take this series and do what they did from Oblivion to Skyrim. You know? Yeah, and with with the new technology and stuff, it's like... Yeah, I don't mind if you take your time just make sure you deliver um because i think games in the meantime that have done a good job of kind of that next one um dragon's age inquisition uh, we, the dialogue options the fact that you can uh engage with the followers you have it's a different kind of rpg but i really liked it um yeah. i still think though that overall i i Super, super excited for the potential at the next Elder Scrolls, mostly for any potential game. Yeah, and see, like, a game like Inquisition, I really loved that game, I but there was something, it didn't connect with me quite as much as a game like Skyrim or something did. I, I, I think for me, it was a little too much management, you know, like, you have your followers, and then you also have, mm. like, like war factions that you have oh to the political the, i'm not gonna lie yeah. i loved that stuff i i don't <sighs> but i i've always had a weird enjoyment of management of multiple kind of things at once because i think to me because you can pick and choose which things you want to work on and which things that you you can and can't like better like if i invest more in this then i'm gonna maybe have more spies in more regions i think was a thing or i'm gonna do more here and and have more influence it it makes more rounds unique it's not just the same thing like i love super mario and it's a game that i could totally replay but it's always going to be the exact same scroller unless mm -hmm. you get to like mario maker but mm -hmm. it, it's always going to be that same level you play you can play it different ways but there's always that same fire flower there the, the difference is just so many options of of how you can use your environment you can control people you can control animals yeah you can summon things like there's oh See, I, I think, I guess for me, it's more of like how that's displayed because I agree. Like I want that experience of like having an effect on the things around me. But I think the way that like I enjoy it is the way that like um, Breath of the Wild and Skyrim do it where let's say you approach a cave and there's like shit going on. You can just walk away. Like you can, you can just oh, yeah. be like, I yeah. don't want to do this. You'd be like, nope. Yeah, or you can intervene directly, and or you can kill everyone, or you can try to talk to one side. Like, there's ways to go about it that are that put you in the moment, right there to make that decision. I think games like Inquisition and stuff, it's a little too much of like, 
I also have a notebook that I have to pull out and, and like have a day planner and be like, okay, oh, I forgot to tell this faction <laughs> to do this. And like, it becomes stressful to me. And I'm like, I, in a, especially when I'm gaming, I just want like a, when I'm gaming, I just want to like release myself entirely, you know, like feel like I'm just in a totally other world. And when I start like managing, like micromanaging, I feel like I'm at work. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, ah. That's true too, because when you know, you're like, oh, this is going to end in two hours. And then I could set another one because it goes based off real time in terms of, oh, if this is a six hour long, <laughs> what, whatever. Oh yeah, it's um, daunting. Oh, it's so daunting. Then that it's actually six hours. So what happens is if you stop playing after six hours, you're like, well, I could go log on really quick just to set another one so that way. And it's like you're going back to a video game not to play it, just to to set something that you'll come back to. Yeah. Like, it, it almost feels like a mobile game trick. You know, like how they do that thing where it's like, hey, we'll come back in 15 minutes and you'll have more gold. You know, and it's like... Yeah, it, or give us money and refresh your, your stamina. Yeah, which thank God they didn't do that. Like, could you imagine if in the next Dragon's Age, it's like, hey, six hours for your faction to do this or give us $5 of uh, Inquisition oh, gold that would, <laughs> and you can they, do it right yeah. now. <laughs> like, if they... If they made an MMORPG like ESO, um, maybe then they could get away with it because that's like the nature of them. Yeah, it'd still be gross. But <laughs> but if you're talking like a single player video game, no, you go directly to hell for suggesting that. Yeah, no, that's bad. That's like that Gollum game that came out. Have you heard anything about that? No. There's like a Lord of the Rings Gollum game. I won't harp on it too long, but all I'll say is that the the programmers and the creators of the game literally came out with an apology. And you know how like that's been pretty common lately. Like the cyberpunk guys came out and, you know, I think the Destiny team came out, the Halo team. They always come out and be like, oh, sorry about the launch and stuff like that. The difference with this one is that they literally like apologized for making the game. <laughs> Oh shit! You know, you know, you did bad when you apologized for doing your job. Yeah, just doing the thing. Yeah, they were like, "Sorry for everyone's experience with our game. It wasn't the experience hey. we wanted to make, and it was a bad experience. Sorry for making it." It's like, oh my god, oh, that. Yeah. Oh man, that hurts. Yeah. The, well, the only reason I brought it up is because they did that thing where they like stripped it of a few things and then sold it as DLC. So like literally for a three dollar oh. DLC. It was li just a button you would press to make Gollum say, my precious. So $3 to press the down key or the, the down directional pad for him to go, my precious. <laughs> it's ironic, isn't it? A little bit, right? If you think about it, it's come full circle. And the best part about it is it doesn't even work most of the time. Like there's compilations of people pressing the button and he'll say it once and then they keep pressing it and he doesn't say it. And then they keep pressing it and he doesn't say it. And then after like a minute or two, he'll finally say it again. <laughs> and they're like, cool. Glad oh I spent God. $3. <laughs> you can't even use it at your own discretion. Yeah, that's their fault for spending $3. Anyway. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. These, these companies <laughs> need to stop doing that shit. Uh, all right. I guess we went on a little bit longer than uh, we expected on that. <laughs> all right. I think we have a little time. Talk about, uh, talk about a text message you sent me earlier today. Mm, the textiest. Yes. Ironically, I was streaming when you texted this. <laughs> uh, so all I see is uh, I'm streaming on Twitch, and then all I see is a text that says, this is wild of Twitch. 
<laughs> and I was and like, wait, like, what are, the fuck? Um, oh, you... cool. And my phone just died. So how about you? How about you take this one away here, Mitchell? What, uh, what, what yeah, did that text yeah. say? <laughs> so the text uh, included a link. And so I, I pulled up the page. I don't know if this is the one, but this page is pretty much explaining it. Twitch branded content guidelines spark controversy. Changes explained. Streamer backlash more. Uh, pretty much they're making it very very difficult for people to continuing to want to stream on twitch um i'm I'm pulling up the article right now and my brain is only able to do so (laughs) so uh this is the and this is what i sent over to you it was a tweet because i thought it was the one that would actually affect you Um, on stream logos are limited to three percent of screen size Burned in video ads are not allowed. Burned in display ads are not allowed. And burned in audio ads are not allowed. I don't know if those are things you utilize or things that you know of. Um, so so not currently. I don't use any of them. I'm aware of them. Um, okay. Because there are a lot of Twitch... I was about to say affiliates, but that might confuse people because I don't mean the people who stream on Twitch. There are other companies that work with Twitch, <laughs> I should say, and um, mm. kind of uh, companies that work with the streaming services like OBS and Streamlabs and stuff like that, and they create sponsorships. So I'll get an email every once in a while, and it'll be like, hey, Scorch Slaps, uh, here's a sponsorship opportunity. And it'll lay out like a thing where it'll say like, hey, if you play this game for this amount of hours and you have this overlay on your stream and you tell people to go download it or whatever, you know, like it'll have stipulations and then tell you how much you can make for doing that. For now, I haven't done any of them because the kind of barrier to entry for those sponsorship payments are very high and... They're almost not worth it. They're 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 almost they're perfect for like the middle tier streamer. You know what I mean? Where someone who let's say they have a couple hundred people who come into their stream every day at least and they're doing their thing. They're not a fucking Hassan or an Amaranth or other streamers' names I'll say who people probably don't know who I'm talking about. But they they're not they're not, they're like not these big names. names. Exactly. It works for them because it's one of those things where for I'll give you an example. Like I had one that said, if you get two people to download this mobile game, like like Raid Shadow Legends, for example, the popular one, if you get two people to download the game and play up to level two, then you get $20. And then from there, every two more people that do it, you get another $15, $20 or whatever. And you can make up to... 600 to 700 dollars before it cuts off and then you you know so that people can't spam it i I assume Mm. so it's one of those things where i don't feel like i have enough of a following on twitch to even kind of mess with that and even bother kind of shilling my channel to an app that i don't really know anything about just for the chance of maybe making 20 dollars. you know what i mean um yeah yeah So that's where I think that this is kind of interesting because what they're directly referring to are those sponsorships from what I understand. Because when they say like baked in low or like when they say like a logo on screen, they're referring Mm -hmm. to like the Raid Shadow Legends logo that they want you to put on screen while you're streaming. Mm -hmm. And when they talk about like burned in ads and audio ads, 
most likely what I assume they're talking about is streamers who have pre-recorded ads made for those sponsorships that they play during their stream. You know what I mean? So instead of every time during their stream looking at the camera and going, hey guys, by the way, make sure to download Raid Shadow Legends and today and all that shit. Instead, they just press a button. It'll switch over to the ad real quick and then come back, you know? So it's it's a uh, time saver, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think those are more of the things they're they're kind of against. So in this specific case, like with that article, I I I feel like they're trying to crack down on these companies taking advantage of streamers. Like I'm going to be completely honest, like I th- I think in a way it's it's kind of a good thing but also kind of a bad thing like i don't like it when twitch cracks down like this for the all-encompassing people who are affected greatly you know and it didn't oh yeah yeah didn't do anything but at the same time you have these companies who are basically siphoning free advertisement from smaller streamers who are only going to see 40 bucks out of it pre-taxes and they have a giant fucking Raid Shadow Legends ad on their stream, you know? So in a way, it is kind of protecting the streamer a little bit, but it feels like a direct attack on the streamer because the streamer is the one taking on the sponsorship. They're the one accepting. They're choosing that, hey, I'm okay with putting this on my stream because this deal works out for me. Like, yeah so interesting it also says what is allowed under new branded content guidelines on twitch branded panels on your channel page showcasing products in your stream background including links in your chat to other sites that promote things okay discussing endorsing or unboxing products or services and playing sponsored games um okay and those are the things that are allowed you said yeah, so that okay. that is uh, allowed under new branded. Yeah, it says under here, because now I'm back to that article that I had first mentioned. Um, it goes into a little more detail. So the logo on stream, yeah, we said uh, limited to 3% of size. Inserted burned-in video ads. Streamers may not insert video ads directly into their streams. Um, may not insert the display or banner ads directly into their streams. So yeah, they, I, yeah it's interesting. Yeah, I... Um, I, I, and I may just not know enough about it. You know, I'll have to look into it more because I did actually get an email from Twitch yesterday that was saying that they updated their terms of agreement, you know? Um, and they were like, yeah, like, you don't have to do anything on your end, but, you know, here's the new agreement. You can read through it. And one thing they did change, which might have just been like a little bit of a bone that they were throwing to people so they wouldn't be mad at them or something. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But they were... They changed it so that now you can post your stream on any other website right after you're done streaming. It, it, it used to be you had to wait a day or two before you could post it anywhere else. But now you can do it immediately. So the second I'm done streaming on Twitch, I can download that stream and then post it on YouTube if I wanted to, you know? Yeah. Um, That's... Yeah, because you had mentioned that you can't multi-stream anymore, but that that was always a thing with affiliates and partners. So it's like the second gotcha. you become an affiliate, you cannot multi-stream on on other. That's why I stopped streaming on YouTube. I see. Okay, and and so maybe that one I just misread, and and that was one that had already been there. Maybe yeah. Um, unless they're cracking down just on maybe they don't want people multi-streaming at 
all, that could be totally possible. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like, like, even if you're not an affiliate. It was, it made Mr. Beast mad enough that he said, I might um, stream on kick just to protest. Yeah, I, I think Mr. Beast is like the Elon Musk of YouTubers. I think he's become a little too separated from like the average person. <laughs> And again, I could be I could be totally missing something. I could be there might be I may make a correction in the next episode. I'll read more into this and I'll be like, oh fuck, I'm totally wrong. They're totally pulling the rug out from people. You know, like I, I could I don't know. Um just from what I was reading, it just felt more like, yeah, the sponsors that I keep getting emails for that are kind of taking advantage of smaller streamers are being clamped on a little bit, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. In Yeah, no, I, I, I just saw another article that says Twitch streamers up in arms as new advertising rules limit sponsors and threaten to kill charity and esport events. Um I, yeah, I definitely want to read more into this because I I didn't think about how See I, I guess yeah, there may be greater implications because it's like once you ban stuff like that, yeah, cuz now if you have a charity stream, yeah, okay, now you can't put the logo bigger than three percent and okay yeah see there are there are things it bleeds into that totally change mm -hmm. it which who knows twitch may backpedal and be like oh fuck we didn't think about that you know i don't know um oh no they they had already said multiple tweets today oh um, boy I, I don't know if it was today but i but i had seen in the article that i had just read um, that they were, oh, I think we had made these policies too overly broad. We apologize for any confusion we caused. So oh. my guess is they, I mean, we'll, we'll see if anything, maybe by the next episode, we'll have an update on what their, their rollout is based on the, the backlash. It's interesting to see how companies are now receiving the backlash instantaneously and having to be able to pivot once it hits pivot yeah no it's fucking it's true it's like an in i was about to say instant gratification but it's not gratification. it's like instant response it, instant uh, feedback quality control you know um, yep like the golem game we knew it was trash immediately oh though actually the last thing i'll <laughs> say about twitch um in their updated agreement i thought it was an interesting thing and this it's probably always been in there i'm not quite sure but I was reading through it, and there was a part that said uh, you basically can't badmouth or, like, spread rumors about Twitch, Amazon, or any of their affiliate companies during your streams, or you could be subject to ban. <laughs> That's wild, especially because it's like... How do you prove that? What is the process? Who reviews it? Right, How, like, I'm assuming someone... Like would like report you i guess would it be the first step would be the only thing that could happen i don't know wild yeah because it's like because just so you couldn't the same way people on youtube make youtube videos about how much they're upset with youtube <laughs> you can't do that on twitch you can't start a stream on twitch and be like you know what here's my problem with twitch's recent up you can't do that they will literally ban your account wild yeah a little orwellian um all right all right cool uh so, yeah, I think uh, I think we uh, exhausted that as much as we could. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think that was a nice little place to put a bow on it, and I I guess I will transition us into uh, our next segment here. Bring it on, baby! It's movie 
review time. All right, so uh, <laughs> we watched This Is The End. Um, this Is The End is starring Jonah Hill, James Franco, Seth Rogen. Wait, I knew you uh, were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this. You watched the wrong movie. No, I just made you think I did. God damn it. Are you serious? I knew you would think I did. Yeah, I watched The World's End. Fucking A. God damn it, you motherfucker. I swear, dude, it's so fucking funny. I literally yesterday, I thought to myself, is he going to watch This is the End? Because there's a lot of movies with a similar title. And I remember you being like, oh, fuck, I forgot what movie we were going to watch. What was it again? So when I told you it again, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh, we we might end up with a we might end up with a problem here. Gee, you just no, scared I, me. No, I knew instantly. I I literally pulled up the IMDb page just so that way I could have the list of characters to start just to really sell that I I. I but no, uh, the world's end. And wow. Okay. Uh, so this movie is by the the. I forget. Simon Pegg also write it? I, I know he's... No, that wasn't... Um, no, I, I, he's... I guess you could say he wrote it in the sense that they do a lot of improv. Oh, so, he does have credits under written by. Yeah, because I, I think while they're on set... Because they were all friends growing up. The writer, uh, Edgar Wright, and director. Um, they were friends, oh. Simon Pegg and Nick... What's his name? Nick Frost? Um, Nick Frost. Yeah, so they were pretty close growing up. So, yeah, they kind of have one of those things where it's like when we work on music, it's like even when you give a little bit of an input, uh, it's like, oh, you're a writing credit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, directed by Edgar Wright. Um, yeah, so this movie is... <sighs> what I love is it's still in the vein of these comedies that these duo do. Um and they're so funny. They did Shaun of the Dead. What was the other one? Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. And and so, they just took it to the next level in this movie. So are you not familiar with the Cornetto trilogy? Um, I'm going to take your I silence like, as a resounding no. I like <laughs> I like corn. So so these. It's funny you say that these three the movies. Cornet no. The Cornet No. Uh, we're going to upset a lot of British people. The, the, so the Cornetto so trilogy are these three movies. The ones you met. The Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Okay. Um, same writer and director. Same two main stars. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, like mm-hmm. we said. And the, the connecting factor between all of them are the Cornetto ice creams. <laughs> Um, so in Shaun of the Dead, at the very beginning of the movie, Shaun goes to the store right when the zombie outbreak starts and he gets a Cornetto yep, yep. ice cream. And in Hot Fuzz, they get a Cornetto. And then in this movie, at the very end, there's the Cornetto ice cream wrapper that flies across the screen during the apocalypse. I do remember. I was There was actually a comment I made where I was like, it's funny how he talks about like, oh, processed food, but I don't even remember wanting that. And then I was like, oh, a wrapper like ends up on the page or on the, the fence. Yeah. But I read it and I was like, oh, interesting. But I figured it was just like, oh, something that I, I didn't hear about it, maybe native to UK. Yeah, no, it's like so. I would, I would be, I would compare it to like a dumbbell or like a um, or not a dumbbell. I'm sorry, a drumstick or like a blue bunny mm, gotcha. yep. ice cream bar. You know what I mean? Yep. 
So yeah, uh, so yeah, they call this the Cornetto trilogy. Uh, is the kind of all of the movies in this, and I think you you have seen Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, right? Yep, yep. I saw both of those. I remember when this came out. I wanted to see it, and and I don't remember what had happened around what time this had come out, but I ended up not seeing it. And so when you recommended it, I was super excited because I was like, oh, I had always meant to watch that movie. Yeah. You know, I think it's because, and ironically, for what this movie is about, I think one of the reasons you might not have seen it is because it came out in 2013, which would have been like right in the throes of you being in college and kind of just doing your own thing, you know, Mm, like living your own life. Yeah. During, man, especially especially those early years of college i did not go to movies i I was always out at at places and things so that that makes sense but so so glad um going into the movie what i had known about it was that there was going to be this weird kind of alien twist to it um so you did know that part yeah, I had briefly remembered from the the commercials and and even probably just clips online after the fact of seeing some kind of some extra la- level and layer to it that and even if you go back and you watch like Shaun of the Dead and, and Hot Fuzz, they each have their own kind of oddity to the movie. So yeah, but but the movie did a great job of it makes you really buy into this story even when it's a comedy and you start forgetting about what to expect in the movie um where you're you're just in the movie for the scene at the moment um and and overall i i was very pleasantly pleasantly surprised with how the the whole movie ended because definitely didn't end the way that i thought it was going to but i i yeah i love the journey it, it subverts your expectation a little bit. And it's mm-hmm. it's funny you say that, too, because um, I was going to ask you about the twist. Because, yeah, I agree. The movie, even if you know what you're getting into when you start it, it puts you in such, like, you're just with this group of friends. Like, you feel like you're just hanging out with them. Like, it's so genuine, their interactions. Um, and the dialogue, it's, oh. again, it's its the back and forth wittiness. Uh, let's see. I think I might have writ, wrote down a, a couple lines. I even wrote that he gave Jack Sparrow vibes. Mm-hmm. I was watching it with Audrey, and she was like, eh, it's like a, she was like, eh, it's like a British Jack Sparrow. <laughs> kind of funny, because... Because I think he's British. Anyways, um, I know I almost said the and, same thing, but no, Johnny Depp isn't British. I know. I, I well, no, I, I was more thinking like Jack Sparrow, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know, no. right? That me too. I was like, ah. <laughs> um, but even like when the movie opens up, it, you're you're getting this the grand story of the Golden Mile um, of these twelve pubs that they have to hit one after another, and and complete. I think it's sixty something ounces of beer by the end of the night. I don't. I don't know if I'm using seventy. I'll quit you, fucking alky. It's that real kind of conversation. Um, what was the other one? Oh, I. Because I'm. I'm trying not to to go too much into the story and just more of like how how I felt watching the movie. My thoughts on it before we get like too in into the the path the movie takes. Oh yeah, um, the golden mile. Yeah, the the Golden Mile. So with the Golden <laughs> Mile, um, I I love that idea and premise, and even 
in in Vegas, right? I, I pictured downtown like we could probably come up with our own version of this. Now the mm-hmm. other thing that sucks is we'd spend like a hundred dollars at the end of the night in just <laughs> yeah. entry fees. Yeah, and literally entry fees, and even one pint at a bar uh, would be like what eight nine dollars at least. <laughs> so you're uh, talking a yeah. hundred and twenty dollars for just the beer at the end of the night. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, okay. So to get to get into the movie now, um, the movie is set up to be this guy is is reminiscing on this grand story of him and his friends doing this Golden Mile, and they only make it to like what was it, like the seventh or eighth was the, no ninth. Um, yeah, eight, eighth or ninth. Um, and and for anyone yeah. who might not know, uh, for, for I mean, for complete context, I guess, but their their Golden Mile is to have one beer at each bar on the way along this whole trail that ends oh, mm-hmm. at a bar called the world's end. Yep. Yep. Hint, hint. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so at the end of his story, it kind of cuts to like a, some kind of rehab group. There's people sitting in a circle. <laughs> He's clearly sharing what was meant to be probably a, a supposed to be painful story or something that negatively Im- impacted him. And even uh, the the guy who was moderating was like, and and how did that you know, how did it affect you? How did that negatively impact you? And he just mm. it was great. And then then he's like, does anybody have like a comment or, or want a challenge? And and the guy sitting next to him was like, you you sad you never finished it? And and in that, I kind of inspires him a, along with more things you find out later on that yeah. he's like, you know what? we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to get the band back together. And so he sets out on a quest to get all of his friends. And again, like I kept trying to think about this in terms of, I'm like, when, when movies start out like that, like you have the one person trying to get everybody back to do something and everyone's in adult lives. I'm just like, how did you make that believable? But it, it really did, especially with the whole idea of, Oh, is Andy on board? Yeah, of course he's on board. Andy <laughs> was the last person he ends up asking. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And one of the things he does, no, two of the things he does to convince Andy, um, one is give him $600, or not $600, but 600 equivalent currency of, um, did he say quid? Um, quid. 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 600 quid uh, to pay back. Which you later find out he had borrowed from the yeah, other friends. Yeah, 200 each visited. from the, the three other friends. 200 each from the three other friends. Um, and again, something about that, the way it was delivered, just just so funny, so genius. Um, yeah, it, and it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't teeter into the territory where you feel like... Shoehorning. Yeah, or not even just that, but the, that he's not a huge dick like i don't know how to say this like yes he's a he's a dick and he's an asshole but the way they convey it is that there's still a group of friends and that this is just what he does do, do you know what i mean and like they accepted him for what he was in the friendship and it's almost in the same way of the way they kind of all talk to him and he just kind of takes it on the chin and rolls with it, it it's almost kind of like the give and take in the relationship yeah 
Yeah, even even if he's kind of blissfully unaware when he wants to be, you know, as the main character. And yep. I love Simon Pegg's character in this because it's so different than his Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz characters. Like, for him to... It, pick, it's the opposite, right? Yeah, the, the kind of cocky bad boy. Like, you don't really imagine Simon Pegg as that character, you know. But it works. It, it works in a kind of comedic way. You know, he plays it up perfectly. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad you connected with this movie. <coughs> excuse me oh and even it, again the the i'm i'm realizing as i get older i'm really big on the dialogue um there was a back and forth between uh simon Pegg's character which is gary king and it was steven i believe where steven thinks he's back on drugs so he's like er, er, gary makes a comment simon Pegg's character makes wait, a comment uh, about i'm gonna wait really quick I'm going to say, I'm, I think we literally, I only have like four quotes written down. And I think we might have the same exact back and forth written down. If, if you're about to say what I think you're about to say. Is it the bike? I'm back on the horse. You're back on the horse? No, I mean, I'm back on the bike. <laughs> what does bike stand for? Bicycle. I'm lost. Don't be. <laughs> He's like, yeah, what is, what is bike slang for? Bicycle? I'm lost. So yeah, it, and it's just... Uh, okay so so i don't i don't know i i got definitely vibes where i'm like why do i feel like i see a lot of certain traits in in gary king that i definitely embody (laughs) Uh, a little bit a little bit i you know what while watching it i didn't i didn't think i did have an old childhood friend that i did think of more like yeah. someone who would just show up in my late thirties and be like, "Hey, so let's fucking go get fucked up like we used to," you know? Like I. Um, oh yeah. Um, no, I think more of just like the the I always have something smart to say. Um, mm-hmm. I, I picture more of the the scene when like he's talking with Andy and and Adam is always just like, "You can just never be wrong about something," and I'm like, "No." Yeah, he's like, "What's wrong with that? What's wrong with yeah?" <laughs> <laughs> You're saying there's a problem with that? Yeah, no, there's... And, oh, when they're... With, at the beginning, too, when um, he's trying to convince Andy to go to the bar, and uh, Andy goes, Gary, I haven't had a drink in 16 years. Oh, you must be thirsty, then. <laughs> 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 like, uh, there, there's so many lines in this um, that are so quick that it's... It's infinitely rewatchable. I'll say that much. Like, because I, I watched it twice, actually. I don't think I, f- I didn't finish it the second time because I got interrupted. But I went out of my way to watch it a second time because I was like, I want to watch it again and like absorb all these jokes. And like, it, yeah, it's, re- and I don't know. So I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed that it is very like well written and everything closes itself off every all loose can ends I, are tied up can i up. guess what you're about to to suggest yeah oh dude, what did you say can you guess can i guess what you're about to okay. ask if i yes. noticed yes yes that each of the names of the bar have like a a symbolism as to the situation that happens at the bar no that wasn't what i was going to ask but that is oh. also true that is a good point and yep what I also wasn't going to ask, but I will ask if you notice. Did you notice all of their names have to do with a king's court? I don't know what king's court is. L- no, like a literal like king's court, like a like a royal court. So you have oh. Knightley, his friend Andy Knightley, who's his knight, his friend, his 
you know, the king. He's Gary King. He has Gary his king, knight. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Prince is the guy who always like kind of oh was second best to him. God. Uh, Oliver Chamberlain. A Chamberlain is someone who takes down all the notes for a king. <laughs> um, yeah. Or no, I'm sorry, not Chamberlain. That's something different. A uh, Page. Page is the person who. Page. Page. Yeah. yeah. That's Peter Page, and then Chamberlain. Um, and I believe it's the Chamberlain maid, his his sister. <laughs> so, um. Wow. Yeah. So there's like even more like references just in that. But no, what I was gonna ask, the story he tells at the beginning, even though it is slightly different. He literally tells you the entire movie in that first scene. <laughs> Their entire movie? Yeah. So like when he says like when he when he goes through what they did as teenagers, like when they first graduated mm -hmm. from high school, almost entirely what he says happens happens later in life. So like they they make it to the certain bar and then he says oh man dropped out it was like the fourth bar oh man got drunk and dropped out well at that bar in their recent time that's when he becomes one of the blanks oh yeah i don't think i picked i was try, i thought that they were trying to insinuate that he had been a blank since before this process had started oh no no so there's a scene it it when when Simon Pegg, uh, Gary, tries to go get drugs from the Reverend, uh, yes, that O-man, Oliver, goes into the bathroom, mm -hmm. and he's in there for quite a while, and then when he comes out, that's when he starts acting different. Okay, I do remember that scene. I didn't realize... Okay, for some reason, I, mu I must have just been, like, dying in, in terms of... Because, again, the, the humor in this is hysterical. Oh, yeah. Because um, I noticed, obviously, by... I don't know if it was the siren, um, the, the the mermaid bar, but I had noticed a couple steps down the road. Um, I think it was the one, the mermaid bar, where I was like, he's acting strangely. And then the comment where Andy had clearly picked up on of, um, you know, we're waiting for you in there. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, they they got him. Plus, I was like, well, he's got the Bluetooth on, so have they just been talking to him this whole time? Has he been in on yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, no, I'm pretty sure that he was captured during that that bar scene when they were in there. So he was himself leading mm -hmm. up to it. Okay. Okay. Um, and that makes sense. Yeah, because you can, and if you watch, if you were to watch it again, you'll notice the stark change of when it happens. You know, and it mm -hmm. also happens when they start kind of like tipping off to the robots that they kind of, or not robots that they kind of know what's happening. You know, so that's yeah. when they capture oliver and and you'll really notice it because right after that bar scene he gets called o-man like four times and never corrects any he doesn't say anything about it that's right yeah so that was like yeah. the biggest signifier because the whole movie he's like don't call me o-man and that, that so that's kind of showing he's human he has that memory and they even point out that he still had the scar when they remade his body yep that's right yeah, because they had it, like, laser removed um, earlier in it. But, yeah, no, like, I mean, shit, even that, there's so many details in this movie that are so finely tuned. Um, that, I mean, it's 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 genius. Like, I, I think this movie was underrated. It, it actually got kind of a, it was a little bit of a flop when it came out. Not many, Like, I think following up on Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, people were expecting... I don't know something different maybe or I, I don't know but as time has gone on this has been known as like 
one of his best. You know, it's starting to get a bigger. I was going to say this. This feels like the natural progression to that series. Um, did you know the Bible was written by Jesus? <laughs> Dude, that was one of the best lines. <laughs> oh, stop! It's written so by good. Jesus. <laughs> uh, you know what? The only thing, the one of the only threads of the movie that felt like they were setting something up that they didn't really follow through with was the beer. And I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy, but I don't know if you noticed that too, is that they kept saying like, oh no, the only beer here is Crown and Glory. Crown and, yeah. Yeah, and then, so I thought that the beer was going to be involved a little bit, where it's like, oh, the beer is infecting people to make them, but it it never did. It just kind of like, so... No, I almost... I almost thought it also had to tie in with the first bar and the second bar looking exactly the same of being that this this invaders are not the most creative. Um, so they only have one beer. They have like oh. two bars that they made and everything else has just been what's already been there, which is also why nothing's changed is because yeah. they, they're not creative. Like they're smart, super intelligent beings, but... And it's the same reason why they couldn't win an argument with a drunk person is that like he 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 could just say whatever he wanted and and they mm. were going to try to use logic and reasoning and it was never going to work. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's and that's what I, when I mentioned earlier, the kind of subversion of expectation when it comes to the end, that's like you would almost expect a movie like this to make it where he has this redemption arc and realizes like oh, you know, humanity is about being there for your brother and, like, not do it, and telling, you know, the, the like, fighting off the alien. But instead, it was almost him, like, doubling down and being like, no, fuck I'm, you, we don't give a fuck. We never gave a fuck. We continue to it, not give it a fuck. It was defiance, and, and we will never give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy because the movie, because we've talked a little bit before about, like, you know, the message a movie's trying to send, the morals, the theme behind it. And this one is so interesting because you think it's setting up the story of like, oh, it's it's telling you to grow up. You know, grow up and learn to just, you know, be a be an adult. But but it doesn't really. Like by the end, it, it almost teaches you the opposite. It's like, no, be yourself. Like even if you don't want to grow up, that's okay. Like I don't, I don't know. It, it, do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm split on it being kind of like, a, you know, be you. Life's hard. You'll have to go th- through it, but you know, you'll, you'll find your path. And also, it just being like, we're not making a movie that has a message. We're making a movie that has a story, and we're gonna enjoy it. See, I don't, I don't 100 percent agree with that because I think, I think they are trying to say something at the end of the day. Because like I, I mm. got the vibe of like. Like, I think the aliens are kind of a metaphor for literally growing up. Like, they're a metaphor for kind of becoming another cog in the machine that makes life somewhat livable as an adult. You know, where... Because mm-hmm. they kept saying, like, oh, well, we make things so much easier. You just have to align with us. Just make sure to fall in line with us, you know? And it's like, it's that feeling of when you're coming from a teenager to an adult or, you know, that 20-year-old to an adult where... You keep fighting that kind of force that's telling you, like, hey, give up all that childhood shit and just grow up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that Gary King's character, you know, Simon Pegg, he very clearly is the, 
you know, the embodiment of the worst case scenario of never letting go of your childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, But then it's like the aliens are the other end of the spectrum of completely forgetting your childhood and forgetting everything that made you who you are. And you just become a replicant, you know, a literal clone Mm -hmm. of another human. You know, so the the grace, the beauty is finding that middle ground of like, okay, well, maybe don't be a man child, but maybe don't be a clone either. You know, like it, there's that middle behind that message. Yeah, it's a good message. Um, and yeah, because there's a lot of heart to Gary King's character, too. Like, even though he's set up as a douchebag, like as things are kind of laid out and at the end, without plainly saying it, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they were trying to say that he was trying to commit suicide correct like when they were showing which, like the bandages on his arm like he was trying oh, to cut himself oh yeah yeah that that he was he was cutting um is is what my interpretation was yeah and he was put into a hospital and so, so clearly he was devolving down a road that he was completely lost you know and just wanted to attach himself to that childhood and it's it's uh this is a weird tangent to go off of that but it's funny that uh his character is funny is funny no that his character um parts of the movie like reinforced his narcissism that was my, that was one of my favorite things too was like when the alien thing started to be revealed it, it like gave him an excuse to reinforce that ideal because like right when it happened he goes that's why nobody remembered us because they're all aliens and Yep, he's like, uh, otherwise, they definitely would have remembered me. Exactly, because it's like, yeah, eh, they probably still wouldn't have remembered you. You know, like, like, even with the whole Peter Page thing where it made him feel better because he felt like the bully who didn't recognize him, which that was a great scene, too, because that's... Oh, yeah. that That is, like, nobody talks about that part of bullying, you know, where it's like, yes, going through that shit is terrible, but a lot of the times the worst part is realizing that your bully doesn't even care enough to remember he bullied you. Yep. You know, and that that was like a really resonating thing. So having that alien twist and then them almost kind of being like, oh no, no, that, so none of that's real because of the aliens. It's, it's interesting. It's, it, it, I don't know. It's a lot to chew on whether or not the movie was necessarily trying to do that. It makes you think about it. Oh, absolutely. Um, there was another note here. Oh, WTF? What the fuck does WTF mean? And then the guy comes out, what the fuck? And he goes, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to ask me about that. Yeah, I and you know what's it's I actually thought that that was one of the few things when the movie was starting that I didn't like. I was like, why the I I it it's like the only thing that um how do I put it? Like uh dated the movie. You know, like hearing that character go WTF was really cringy. But it, it made sense, like at the time, like that that was the slang. Yeah, especially for someone at his age who's trying to still be young. Like that makes yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, but at the end, I feel like it was all just to set up that joke of WTF. What the fuck does WTF mean? What the fuck? Oh yeah, that's right. Like that. Yep. That felt like all just so. Then after that happened, I went, oh yeah, okay, never mind. Um, okay, actually, you know what? Uh, I do. I guess we'll kind of wrap it unless you got a few more notes. But I did want to ask you one thing about the movie that I didn't ask earlier. Oh. Um, uh. No, go for it. Okay. Um. When the twist happened, 
how did you feel? Like, were you expecting it? Were, was it was it surprising? Like, because I know you were saying you knew what was coming, but when it happened, what was your reaction? Uh, there was something that happened prior to the twist that had kind of reminded me, and I actually have the note here, at a different bar, foreshadowing, talking about aliens and the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. When they were talking about the crazy guy and what he was talking about, that's when it reminded me, ah, shit's probably going to happen soon. Oh, yeah, Filch from Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's where I recognized him. Yeah, he's the groundskeeper or whatever. Well, wow, I didn't realize you could be typecasted for a, a groundskeeper role. Right. <laughs> um, a supernatural groundskeeper, not a, a super a, a groundskeeper in a supernatural world. Universe. Yeah, who not doesn't there necessarily have supernatural powers himself. Yeah, there. <laughs> that's a very specific. But he nails it. Character to be casted. Yeah, he nails it. Down. Okay, so so when it happened, what like were you expecting that kid to be an alien? Basically, is what. Oh, um. Or like when his head popped no. off, was it kind of like a holy fuck, what the hell moment? So yeah, it it was definitely like a oh shit. It was an oh shit. Ah, this is the alien. So when he was talking to the kid, I thought it was gonna be something like, and, and this is gonna sound really stupid now because I think the kid had headphones on his neck, but I was like, oh, is the kid like deaf or something and he just can't hear him and he doesn't realize that. <laughs> but that when he responded, really that yeah, when he responded, then I was like, oh? And then during the fight, I was like, he's fighting kind of robotic. And then when it, like the the blue explosion happened then i was like yup yup so i i think it was actually during the fight which holy shit the uh, the choreography on the fight was so incredible dude i want to watch this Uh, movie right now like talking about no like it it's so good i there's even a little like moment during the fights like did you notice that um and I, I have to imagine, I'm, I'm, I might be making up my own headcanon for this, but I have to imagine it's the reasoning. But right before they were about to fight, all of the, like, the aliens would hit one of the, like, hand-drying stations. Yep, notice that. And, and I think it was to create noise so that while they were fighting, it wouldn't be as loud in the room for the outside bar to hear them. So it's like they were trying to cover up the noises of the fight right before they fought. Like, I don't, it was just, like, genius. Like, like the little details. But it was also funny that, like, they wanted to do it peacefully um, because they really allowed them to go through the motions as, as much. But again, it, it ended up being they were trying to kind of secretly indoctrinate them, which, which makes more sense. I, again, I think just the yeah. way it was written was just very clever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, I think it kind of feeds into that metaphor of like corporate America, corporate, like even, and this is a British movie, but like corporate society in general, where it's kind of death by a thousand wounds, right? Where like your boss will never come to you and be like, you need to fucking do this. You did. But they will like calmly guide you into doing the thing that you, they need you to do. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And yep. It, it's like the perfect metaphor for like, yeah, no, we'll never, we'll never force you to live this life. But if you start getting a little too snippy, maybe we'll do something about it. You know, <laughs> uh, I do like at the end too, where he's like, how many of us have you had to replace? It's like, um, 
Uh, um, like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the the old man um, when he was like, and, and they don't ask me what they do with the the bodies, and he's like, what do they do with the bodies? I told you not to ask me. Yeah. <laughs> and then they they reprise that even later on yeah. when he's talking with them. Yeah, well, what do they do with the when he's speaking to like the higher being? Yeah. He's like, well, what do they do with them that? when they're done? <laughs> you just hear from like, I told you not to ask that. I I don't know why that. And even I was typing out. Um, the conversation between this upper being and these two drunken guys is priceless. And as I'm typing, I hear three drunk men. And I'm like, <laughs> that was... I, because again, right? When you think about you and your friends and they're trapped at the bottom of a hole with a higher being, for some reason, like trying to get help, doing something, but like the, the idea of let me jump down into the hole with them... <laughs> It only makes sense by somebody who's had as much alcohol as they've had that night. And I think yep. that's the other thing that continues to make it genius is as they're trying to figure this out and, and plan and strategize, they're only getting drunker. Yeah. So it's so and it's funny, too, because their side conversations when they're trying to figure things out devolve in some <laughs> some similar ways to our podcast when they go on side tangents like True. about pie but it's it's that level of just again trying to figure out how you're you're going to navigate through this world of of robots that have taken over but you're also just drunk as hell is is priceless no dude it's it's amazing yeah, because then, you know, to, to tie this all off with a nice little cap. Go I don't back know. to Legoland! Okay. <laughs> I forgot I told him to go back to Legoland. <laughs> Dude, did you notice, too, that um, one little sweet writing uh, like bookend they put on it is that at the beginning of the movie, when Gary King is trying to convince Andy to go, Andy basically ends the conversation with... It's pointless arguing with you. And at the end of the movie, the alien ends their conversation with, it's pointless arguing with you. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So in a similar yeah. way to like the, it's oh my God, I didn't even mention this. Oh shit. I was going to say like the big Lebowski, it's almost another movie where the characters kind of learn nothing at the end of it. Like they don't, like, yes, they went through this giant, huge extravaganza and, like, grew as people in a sense. They still kind of end the movie the same way they started it, you know? Like, because Gary King is still kind of holding on to his past. He literally enlisted the children version of his best friends to become, like, zombie, <laughs> like, fucking... Yep, love that. Yeah, killers with him, like, Avengers on the... Dude, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. But uh, did you notice the production company? production company yeah it was a working title production company the same one oh that made a big God. lebowski i had no wow that's incredible no uh, wow oh my gosh yeah i, I love the that the only reason i noticed is because was the movie that on was, purpose i no, not at all not at all um the only reason i noticed is because the movie was starting and it's that scene where they're in the uh the aa meeting or whatever it might be um and it starts zooming out when the song is playing and it just popped up really big, a working title production. And I out loud went, no shit. I was like, that's wait, hold on. Me and Mitchell were just talking about. <laughs> that's wild. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, totally accidental, but two movies in a row from uh, the same production company. So clearly I like their movies. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I, me too. Yeah, all right. Uh, you want to give our final ratings? Yep, after I give you my favorite quote. Oh. We are more belligerent, more stubborn, and more idiotic than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> Put that on a fucking shirt. That needs to. That needs to be a quote right before one of your songs. Put that on my tombstone. Yeah, that's. Oh man, could I? If I say that, could they come after me? Honestly, I think if you put that actual sample at the beginning of one of your songs, Edgar Wright wouldn't do anything. I mean, Edgar Wright is the king of that. I mean, this movie literally has like seven needle drops where you just hear the beginning of a song and it's like a sample from something else and then it starts playing. You know, like he loves that shit. Because I I love that quote so much. What? uh, All right, final rating. My final rating is a nine. Um, (laughs) Yes. It it did so well. I think the only thing that like I would have needed to give it a ten is more fleshed out with with the beer. They did such a good job of every time they introduced something that there was something to play off of. And and if I were to go back and find out that oh yes there is this meaning behind it that that maybe I I'm just not aware of. Right. Maybe it's like a British I, reference. To, maybe like British yeah, again, people would get it. Maybe it's a joke we don't get. You know. Yeah. So that that would change it to a ten where that it literally answered everything it presented. It kept me engaged. It kept me interested. It, it gave me. It, it threw curveballs that I wasn't expecting, and it, it it was just a fun ride. Again, even without that uh, a solid nine, I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, I'm I'm in 100% agreement. It's a four and a half stars, nine out of ten. Um, it's upon- our first agreement. Yeah, up, up, I think so. I th- no, yeah. I think we might have. I think we might have done one before where we both gave it like a seven out of ten or something. I feel mm. like I can't remember now. No, this might be our first lineup. We'll have to see. Damn. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll have huh. to double check. But yeah, no, it's um, honestly even going into it, I thought that this was only going to be like a seven or eight for me because I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, literally when it came out, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a year out of high school. No, it's it's was leaps and bounds funnier and wittier and yeah it scarier there was even like some genuinely scary scenes like it no it's really good it's really good uh yeah nine out of ten all day <laughs> all right well, I think with we have that a, are, yeah. oh oh are, are we you both ready? excited to get to your suggestion <laughs> oh i'm so excited to get to my suggestion but <laughs> it is predicated on if you've seen this but if not that's okay i have my backup movie the movie that i am recommending to you is the platform on netflix the platform okay okay we talked about it a little bit um in another episode mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember but i haven't sat down and watched it all the way through so yeah. I, I i don't i know what it's about i know i think i walked in when you and amanda were watching like near the end i don't think it was the end but it was near the end so there was shit going mm-hmm. down but again, I don't have any context, and I don't even really remember what that shit was. I just remember it being Fair. a metaphor for classism, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Okay. All right. Hell yeah. Sounds good. The platform gives me an excuse to finally sit down and watch it. 
Perfect. Okay. Looking forward to that. And I hope you're looking forward to watching that with us as well and joining our Discord so you can leave us questions and, and then we'll answer them. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't want to be spoiled for the platform and you haven't seen it, make sure to watch it before next week's episode. And yeah, as Mitchell said, join that Discord. Make sure to join the subreddit as well, backslash r backslash Neon Valley Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Neon Valley Pod. Across the board, it's all the same. We're the we're the Valley Boys. We out here. Valley Boys. Valley Boys. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Peace.